Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is a hurricane heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week, we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it, whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before, and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Shokum, host of Web Comics Reviews and Interviews. Today we're with Evan Matthews and Adam Martin, co-founders of the Macroverse. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. Woohoo! Hello! <laughs> Hello! Awesome. Well, uh, yes, thank you for having us on the show. We're, we're excited to chat with you about uh, what we're up to, and, and then even more so about wherever else this may take us. Yes. Uh, explain yeah. a little bit about Macroverse. Um, awesome. So Macroverse is a new digital comics platform. We are uh, digital only, so we're we're trying to kind of reinvent the way that, well, honestly, kind of the way that comics exist in the world. <laughs> so um, the, the nefarious mustache twisting plan is to kind of disrupt the entire comics industry. But at the very at this very moment, we've got a very cool app and we're doing something that's really cool in a kind of unique way, um, you know, kind of exploring the way that comic storytelling works if it's delivered in a mobile first really you know intentionally designed format uh for digital devices and, and even more specifically for your phone um adam do you want to tag on that yeah i think so i mean I, you know it's it we've we've had a lot of experience creating kind of digital media in various forms over the last few years and really felt like there was an opportunity to capitalize on kind of both our backgrounds in kind of entertainment and as comics fans and then as creators in this kind of digital media, new media space to bring these things together and create something really kind of unique, which was which is exciting yeah. and which is what we've done. And and just to, oh, there's the there's, there's the button. There's, there's Rodan. Hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and one last thing on that. So, you know, Adam says capitalize. And yes, there is a financial component to this, but we're also uh, you know, really very driven by, you know, trying to serve creators ourselves being kind of the first ones that we built this for. Um, but then looking at sort of the creative landscape, you know, we, we can talk about it, but we have uh, some experience creating and, and producing traditional print comics. Um, and we just saw some areas in the industry that we felt like weren't really serving people that were trying to do stuff outside of the mainstream, um, especially kind of Marvel, DC, and, and even more so Diamond. Uh, paradigm. Um, and then we also felt like, you know, looking at the way the media landscape has developed and where it's all going, that, you know, this thing that we all have in our pockets, for better or worse, really has become the center of our universe. Um, and that, well, you know, there have been interesting and are interesting ways of consuming, you know, comics content or more specifically kind of web comics content, um, you know, on your phone, there's never been something that's been really built to take advantage of what that thing does best. Um, and so that's really where we focused our energies is how do we give this, how do we create a platform for creators that really solves all the problems that they're dealing with in other formats and other places. And part of that is the monetization question, but a lot of it is also just, you know, how do we open up the, the doors for more creative and interesting opportunities from a storytelling perspective um, once you, again, kind of put this this thing, this device at the center of the universe. 
Okay, um, so yeah. yeah, so that's that's kind of how we're how we're approaching it. Cool. And I guess while we get the one elephant out of the room, how's that yeah. different from current apps like Comixology? Yeah, so the big thing is that, you know, still most of the digital comics readers out there, in our opinion, are doing two things. One is they're very much a DVD of the movie, essentially. So it's the PDF of the print book. Um, and even though, you know, something like Guided View on Comixology, you know, can work pretty well, it also has some real shortcomings with, you know, the way that some pages are constructed or if it's a double page spread or the way that things are laid out. Um, you know, it's just it's a it's a uh, you know, it's a solution for something that was never designed to work that way. So it's it's the pan and scan version of, you know, what a movie would have been. Um, you know, back in the day. So that's that's how we think about, you know, something like Comixology. It's a great resource for people that can't get to a comic store or want to read those particular titles, but it's just not a native experience. It's not, it was never custom, you know, those those pieces of content, those comics were never meant to be on a phone, especially. So it's, you know, it works great on a tablet, I should say, but, you know, never meant to really be on a phone. And so it, it's just kind of a clunky experience. Um, and then, you know, kind of similarly, if we look at the other side of the comics industry, I think, you know, Webtoons to us is the one that is most relevant to what we're doing. Um, and, you know, I think Webtoons has really got a lot of things figured out. They've got a big audience. They're enabling creators to do some really interesting storytelling. Um, but, you know, we felt like there was an opportunity to, to do something, again, that wasn't just a repurposing of what comics have always been. So the, the endless scroll, you know, still feels very much like a traditional comic um, versus, you know, our format, which is, you know, for lack of a better way of explaining it, sort of a, a tap through medium. So every tap of the screen changes what's happening on the screen. So you're able to create a sort of page turn or a surprise um, you know, with every tap through the story. And that creates a really different dynamic in the storytelling. You essentially introduce time as an element in the way that stories unfold. Um, so it's, it becomes a much different experience and, and we think a much uh, you know, more engaging and sort of richer one as, as creators and storytellers. Yeah. Well, I think it's a much more, just to piggyback on that, I think it's a much more kind of cinematic experience because mm -hmm. you get to, you get to do things like tell, like create dialogue in a realistic way that you just simply can't do on, on a, on a printed page because of the space required to, to have that dialogue play out. So I think you get this, you get this, again, we're saying this kind of series of reveals, which is exciting, but so you can land a joke or land a, a jump scare even, or, a, you know, you can, you can play with, with the format and the medium in a way that you just can't do um, with, with the ways that these other companies are doing it, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, one of our, one of our creators that we're working with, you know, when we first showed him the platform, he said, you know, the thing I love about this is exactly that. It's like, I, he's a comedian and he's like, I can actually land a joke in this format. Whereas in the print you know, versions of, of stuff that he's done, um, you know, you just can't help but kind of take in the whole page. And it's part of what's great about printed comics. It's just a different experience. And so we're, you know, kind of turning it the other way where it's like, let's really lean into the ability to, land that punchline or to deliver that surprise or to you know, do a, a scare, you know, again, sort of the idea that every moment can have the impact that a page turn can in a traditional book. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes down to how is this going to, how would a creator apply to this uh, platform? 
Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways. I mean, we like to position it or, you know, kind of talk about it as the HBO of comics. So we're, we're not trying to be YouTube. We're not, you know, a wide open platform for everybody. Um, we're not trying to do Netflix where we're trying to cover every possible base. Um, we're really focused on this kind of very highly curated, you know, very top quality uh, experience while also kind of looking a little bit further down the road where, you know, we certainly want to be as open and available to, you know, top, you know, great content as we possibly can. Um, we don't have a particular focus as far as genre or style or, you know, any, anything like that. So we're, you know, we're just really interested in very high quality storytelling and that covers, you know, a lot of ground. Um, so, you know, right now we've got everything on there from, you know, this, this great little, uh, short series called SideQuest, where, you know, it's essentially formatted, um, where every episode is about 10 to 15, you know, maybe 20 taps. And so it's this very, very short form series about these, uh, little adventurers <laughs> that are you know, going off and, and, uh, having, having, I, I guess you could say they're trying to have adventures <laughs> and failing. Yes. Um, and then we've got, you know, all the way up to, uh, you know, we've, we've partnered with 12 Gauge Comics, which is responsible for things like The Ride and Plastic and, um, you know, a bunch of, you know, pretty well-known indie titles that have mostly been released through Image. Um, and so we're bringing some of their material and kind of reimagining and reformatting that for the platform um, all the way to, you know, something like Remind, which we absolutely love, which was a huge Kickstarter success, but as this very Miyazaki uh, you know, kind of feel to the art style and the story. And it's just, you know, this incredibly beautiful, um, you know, piece of, of storytelling and material. And so, you know, that's a very roundabout way of actually answering your question, but largely we are open to talking to creators about, you know, whatever they're interested in bringing to the platform with the kind of a, a initial proviso that, you know, we're, we're, we're an open door for conversation and then we're looking for just a quality bar. Um, so, you know, we'll kind of look at anything and everything and then just kind of find the stuff that we think, you know, really, um, you know, kind of hits that mark of being something that regardless, again, of genre or style, um, you know, kind of hits that 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 mark of just being something that's really well crafted and and kind of knows what it's doing, essentially. OK, yeah, looking at some of the comics and definitely might, might as well talk about a couple of them. Uh, Boondock Exchange is probably the one that caught my eye the most. Mm -hmm. Sure. So actually, uh, Troy Duffy, who's the writer, director, producer of the Boondock Saints films, um, he's actually the one that had the parakeet. So you can draw your own conclusions there. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but yeah, so I I met Troy uh, probably close to a decade ago. and, uh, you know, like so many people found the movie, you know, just through word of mouth, loved the movie. Um, at that point, I had a branding and marketing agency that I had started and ran, you know, for a while. And we were doing mostly kind of corporate work, but also at the kind of beginnings of the, the heyday of the Flash website um, with all the, you know, bells and whistles and transitions and animation. Um, and so I actually met Troy because my company got hired to build a, a version of the Boondock Saints website that was that. So it included a lot of video and transitions and, you know, animation between, you know, as you click on something, a bunch of blood splatter would go across the screen and <laughs> quotes, quotes from Sean and Norm. So I met Troy that way. And then, you know, just kind of instantly upon seeing the movie thought this should be a comic series. And that was actually what brought me as a you know, lifelong comics fan. But that brought me back into kind of really looking at how to make 
comics as a creator. And we partnered with Troy. Um, you know, he was the co-writer on the, the comic series. We did it as a tie-in to um, Boondock Saints 2 when that was coming out. And that was a, a very traditional process. I went out and I found a publisher, and that's how we met 12 Gauge. They were the publisher. Um, and uh, we went through the whole thing of going through Diamond and bookstores, and we did conventions all over the place and signings at you know, Barnes & Noble and just all, the, the whole thing. Um, and what that gave me specifically was sort of an interesting window into, you know, this is essentially an indie project, but it's a well-known brand. There's a ton of fans. We got, you know, kind of incredible amount of attention doing that series. Um, and, you know, just to, to be frank about it, I mean, we ended up selling about 10,000 copies average per issue, which, you know, it, it seemed crazy to me at the time. And it seems even crazier to me now that, that's considered kind of a hit in the in the you know the indie world of comics, um, and uh, you know that that kind of brought me personally to a point of you know the iPad was just coming out at that point and and thinking about you know what are the di what's a different way to do this that you've got this you know fan base of millions of people most of them are unfortunately not comics readers so we're you know we're trying to get them through, you know, four different steps to get them from, I like this movie to going into a comic store and buying comics. Um, and so that was a lot of the kind of early thinking around how do we do this a different way, which has ultimately now led to Macroverse. And so, you know, this series is one that we've, um, you know, still partnered with Troy to, you know, kind of adapt and bring to the, the Macroverse platform. So it's a completely different experience of, that storyline and and now kind of opening the door to the next adventures of the saints as well, which is something we're talking about kind of where does it go from there? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how that all, that was the genesis of all of that. And it's really fun. And one of the things that we love is having the chance to work with the original creators of this material. So it's not, you know, it's not him handing us the, the property and, you know, going like, Oh, do, you know, go make some stuff. Really not the, the um the impetus for it it's really you know how do we take this thing and you know have it be in canon and true to the the thing that people responded to initially and build on it from there so that's yeah there we go boondock saints <laughs> yay boondock saints is definitely an interesting one, mainly because you've got that tie between the two brothers while at the same time they're doing yeah. a lot of violence so yeah yeah absolutely um, and, you know, one of the things that fascinates Troy and this this series really gets into it is the the lineage aspect of it. You know, so much of what he's uh, interested in as a storyteller, especially with the, where the, the saints come into it, is kind of what the what the history of violence is, so to speak, or like, where does this come from? And so, you know, a lot of this particular series kind of gets into the, the backstory with their dad and it kind of cross cuts the the two storylines between kind of some new brothers material and kind of what are they doing um, kind of in continuity of the films, but outside of what we've seen in the films and then really getting into, you know, how did Il Duce become Il Duce? Um, and, you know, why are, how are those two things tied together? Uh, if you're, if you're a fan of the movies, you know, they didn't really have him around much when they were growing up. So it's, you know, that same kind of nature versus nurture, um, you know, theme going on there, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah. Okay, and for a tonal shift, uh, how about explain a little bit about Glitch? Yeah, so Glitch <laughs> is one of my favorite things that we found. So both Adam and I, you know, as we were getting this off the ground, 
um, you know, one of the things that we did is just, you know, we, we wanted to find interesting, cool material. And so we ended up, you know, kind of poking around and, and glitch was one that, uh, came from literally, you know, I saw something on Facebook from these two creators, uh, these, you know, these two, two women who are making this series, they hadn't started making it yet, but they had started posting some, um, some kind of concept sketches and, so I reached out to them and we, you know, had a couple conversations and through those conversations, you know, they decided that having it, uh, you know, be kind of Macroverse exclusive and, and really building it for our format was what they wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've helped them, you know, do that through that process. And so it's, it's a, you know, it's a great example of, I think, you know, the kind of thing that we do really resonate with, which is here are some really passionate creators who are trying to do something interesting and unique um, you know, for those people uh, who may or may not be familiar with the kind of emerging solar punk genre, um, you know, that's an area that they're playing in. So, you know, the idea being kind of if sci-fi, if you take all the tropes of sci-fi, but kind of make them oriented around, um, you know, sustainability and kind of the, the you know, solutions that are not necessarily steampunky, but rather uh, derived from, um, you know, clean energy or, you know, those sorts of, of things. Um, that's one of the areas that they're playing in. But then they're also, you know, what, what I loved about their initial pitch was, you know, it's kind of a YA Mad Max world um, mashup with, you know, this kind of solar punk idea with, you know, kind of a, a very, um, you know, interesting perspective on, uh, you know, gender and, and uh, you know, different types of characters that exist in this world. And, you know, so I, I think all that, they're, they're kind of playing in a bunch of different levels, and we just absolutely love it. Like, we couldn't be more thrilled to, to have them be one of our exclusive titles and just, you know, really be trying to push the, the boundaries of themselves as storytellers. And, and it's also their very first comic project, so it's very fun for us to kind of be able to help them support that um, mm -hmm. through that process, yeah. Okay, one more just to basically show definite range yeah. here. Uh, Remind yeah. and a little bit more about Remind. Yeah, so Remind. Mm -hmm. So we, I mean, another great story. So this is uh, Jason Brewbaker is the um, writer and creator and artist of Remind. So he's a he's a one man powerhouse band. Um, but uh, Jason was a storyboard artist for about ten years um, in film and television. Um, but always wanted to make comics. So he's, you know, one of those guys who, you know, always wanted to do it, never did it, but was kind of adjacent <laughs> to it. Um, and then he, you know, just one day essentially decided, like, I'm going to do this thing finally. And so he packed up his family and moved to Idaho and went full time making comics. And, and uh, Remind was his first kind of full on uh, comics project. Um, he did it all through Kickstarter, and that's actually how we how we found him. Was again sort of looking at what are the kind of super interesting, you know, incredible uh, indie projects that are out there that have not necessarily reached the audience that we thought they should reach. Um, so again, we had you know reached out to him, had a conversation with him, and uh, you know agreed to bring not only Remind, but actually he's got two other series that we're in the process of bringing over to Macroverse as well. Um, and we just love his his style. So, I mean, his his art is incredible. His story is incredible. Um, you know, again, it has this sort of uh, Miyazaki-esque uh, feeling to it um, and reminded the story about, uh, you know, basically a, a cat that gets lost and then gets returned to its owner only to find out that it's been body switched <laughs> through brain transplantation. 
um, with a, uh, a whole different species of lizard men and uh, the sort of underwater kingdom. And there's politics and intrigue and magic and technology and this kind of incredible mashup of elements. Um, but it's one of our favorite things. And again, just so happy and, and kind of proud to have been able to to bring it into this new format and, and have it be one of our watch titles. We love it. We love all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So just out of curiosity, is there basically how hard would it be to transfer a written normal product? Uh, basically, uh, if I were to take a regular comic book and try to translate it over to the Macrovite style, how hard would it be? Um, it, it absolutely varies. Um, Adam, do you want to talk about the production process a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, there's there's kind of a mechanical element to it, which is simply, you know, taking a page and breaking it down into its component uh, panels, literally. And then, you know, and obviously then transcribing the, the dialogue and, and uh, captions and whatever else, too. But then, so there's the kind of mechanical element that's that's you know, cutting, you know, cutting that up in in Photoshop pretty much and going from there. But then there's also transferring that so that it, the images that work on a page kind of work on the, uh, you know, the vertical format on people's phones. That's where you get to kind of bring a, I think, directorial. You know, we we, we both have backgrounds in the entertainment industry, and so you are bringing this kind of directorial sensibility to the reformatting of of the printed page so that it works on the phone so you are choosing you know what is the dialogue how much goes on any one panel how do you how do the panels interact so that you're telling the story so that you're you're both serving the art and and making sure that people can enjoy this kind of gorgeous material that 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 goes up you know that is kind of part of the original work and goes up on the phone and then how are you effectively telling the story with this tap through so how are you moving through the story? How are you, you know, landing the emotional beat, landing the comedy, landing the action? Um, so it's this interesting, it's this interesting hybrid of of, uh, of kind of graphic design and artistic sensibility with a kind of with a with a cinematic you know, and a kind of directorial approach. It's it's very cool. It's it's interesting. It's neither one. And I think to Adam, what do you think? It's kind of yeah, so, neither one nor the other. It's got feet in both worlds. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is so creatively, that's what we love about it is like, even if this material has existed in print or, you know, I, I'd say, you know, 80% of what we are current, what we currently have on the platform, um, you know, has existed in some other format. And so we're creating this sort of adaptation or we like to call it kind of creator's cut, um, you know, version of the material. Um, I think what will be what will surprise people is even if you're familiar with it in print, it's an entirely different experience, you know, reading it in this format, reading on your phone. And so that's what we actually try to encourage the most is, um, you know, kind of rethinking, reimagining the way that the story works, because it is it is fundamentally a different approach to the material. So even using the same assets, the same art, the same text. Um, you know, we're rethinking how does this sequence work? How does this sequence play out over again, sort of over a series of taps? So through a through the element of time, through the element of you know pacing and surprise, um, you know, how does this story work and function? And and it it just creates this really different experience of the material. Um, so that that's sort of a, a creative. Um, you know, process component of it. And then to answer the the kind of specific question, how do we do that? 
um, with creators, we really do it in two ways. So we've got a handful of creators that we're working with where, you know, we've said, we love this. We'd love to bring it to the platform. Um, you know, and they'll say, great, I'd love to bring it to the platform. I have no time to do it because I'm working on X, Y, and Z. And we say, great, we can help with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they'll deliver essentially all of their, you know, high res files and scripts and kind of give us all the pieces. And then our team will put it together and, and work to, you know, bring it into the format with our goal being that the person reading it on Macroverse um, cannot tell that it was in print first. Like we, we want it to we want everything up there to feel as if it really was custom designed, um, for the phone, for the platform. Um, so that's, that's our intention and our goal is that it feel completely native. Um, but we've got other creators who go, I love this. I, I see the way this is working and I really want to experiment with, you know, pushing the boundaries here. I want to try something different. I want to explore, you know, even my existing material in a different way. Um, sometimes that includes adding a little bit of additional art or, you know, changing the way the the dialogue works or, you know, I always wanted this character to say this in this panel, but I didn't have space. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, sometimes it really is a kind of creator's cut, a director's cut or a variation on the material as we work with the creators to um, do that. So we've, we've created a whole methodology around it. We've got, you know, tutorials that we share with people. We you know literally work with them through the process um, either way. So, you know, again, either they hand it off to us or we, uh, you know, work with them for them to, to go through that process themselves. Um, and then it, you know, it kind of goes through that production cycle and gets to the point where everybody's happy with it. And then we literally have software that pulls it up into our uh, content management system and then it gets delivered to the app that way. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a, it is, it is the combination of sort of mechanical production and, um, you know, a real kind of rethinking around the, the creative storytelling process that uh, we think is sort of the, the magic of this approach in this format. As it stands right now, can you add any other uh, artistic elements like say sound or motion to the pictures? That's a great question, and I'm actually really glad you asked it. So we have the technical ability to do anything. I mean, basically, you know, we could we could do a whole animated series, or we could, you know, add add all kinds of bells and whistles. You know, we've actually we spent a long time getting to this point, and a lot of that was behind the scenes experimentation, and a lot of our early so a lot of our early background actually was in you know we were one of the pioneers in the whole motion comics thing um, years ago. And I've uh, done a ton of video game work doing cinematics, you know, kind of in that style. Um, and so our, our early versions of what would become Macroverse, you know, did have a lot of animated elements in it or multiplane effects or, you know, adding those sorts of things. And actually a lot of that early stuff looks a lot like what Madefire has ended up doing with, you know, a lot of transitions and, you know, kind of, again, adding adding a lot of additional media elements and where we came to was that ultimately we, are tr we, we, we took all of it out and we did it very intentionally. So we think that, that actually in a weird way, less is more. Um, the, the, the desire to add all that stuff is really understandable. And we, we did. A lot. <laughs> we, we, we went down that path ourselves. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of what Made Fire has done is really interesting and really cool. And I, you know, I don't want this to come across as us. Um, you know, bashing them in any way, but I think our own experience and, and from talking to other creators, there are two kind of 
challenges there. One is that the more bells and whistles you add, the the harder it is, at least in, in most of our experience, to actually really be engaged in and just engulfed in the story itself. So if I've got to wait, you know, every time I tap something or swipe something for uh, animated transition to happen or for a sound to play, um, you know, it just it ultimately to us feels like it gets in the way of the storytelling as opposed to being additive. It's like super cool for a few seconds and then, ah, can this just, I just want to read this. I just want to be in it. Um, And then secondly, from a creator standpoint, you know, we felt really, really, you know, strongly that we need to give creators a way to use the tools that they already know how to use. Um, And while there be a a small subsection of people that get really excited about being able to add those other media elements um, you know, we didn't want anyone to need to go and learn how to do After Effects or, you know, how to, you know, we, we didn't need you to create keyframe animations or, you know, figure out what soundtrack to use, um, you know, just to be able to to bring something into this new medium. And so I think we're, we're hesitant. We think there's a place for some of that stuff down the road, but we want to just make sure we're really nailing the what we kind of consider the core experience, uh, both for readers and for creators. Um, before we, you know, really start adding to the, the formula, so to speak. So, so that's our, you know, pretty strong opinion about it. <laughs> um, and then at the same time, you know, one thing that we are really interested in is um, not necessarily adding other media into the episodes themselves, but giving creators a chance to bring other types of storytelling. Um, into the mix. And so, you know, for ourselves, we, we write and create a series on here called Dead Town. Um, and then we've also done things like, you know, gone off and, and done a, a series for Dead Town in a, on, a, on an app called Yarn, which is a chat fiction app, which is a whole other, you know, media platform. And then been able to kind of tie those two things together. So if you're reading on Dead Town, there's a link that can take you on Macaverse, rather, there's a link that can take you to that series. If you're reading it on Yarn, it's a totally different experience, but there's a, a link that can bring you to Macaverse. And so, you know, part of what we're really interested in kind of longer term or bigger picture is how we can use all these different types of media that, you know, we have easy access, again, kind of using the phone as the center point or as the hub um, to be able to connect the dots between different types of storytelling and creative expression um, and kind of, again, enable creators to build bigger worlds, bigger franchises, bigger experiences um, without necessarily changing the fundamentals of what we think comics are. Um, so that is a long-winded answer, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, good. Well, then, then I'm right on point. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at stuff. Uh, some people would like to add like soundtracks or special uh, sound effects, that sort of things. Yeah, no, it's it's something we remain you know interested in, and again, sort of, I think there is a place for some of that. Um, we're largely letting the creators kind of drive a lot of that conversation, and and it's it's a funny. Uh, way of thinking about it for some people, but we actually, you know, we, we love the readership that we have. Obviously, we couldn't exist without people that actually want to consume this content. Um, but for us as the creators of the platform and the ones that are sort of building this thing out, we actually kind of really think of the creators as our customers. Um, you know, they're the, they're the ones that, you know, we feel like we've got to really serve, you know, both now and in the future. And 
part of that is giving them, you know, sort of a new way to reach an audience. Part of that is giving them a new way to, to make money from, from this stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to provide as, as many opportunities. So I think, you know, as more creators come on board that, you know, say, Hey, I really want to add sound effects to this stuff. You know, that would probably be the thing that would drive us more in that direction. Um, but we just want to be, we, we really, you know, for that sort of thing, like we really want to kind of go slow and carefully and make sure that it really feels like it's, you know, integral to the experience and not just something that's been bolted on. Um, and I think that's probably the the main kind of line that we're walking with all of this is just, you know, trying to craft something that you know, really just feels like it was meant to be that way from from start to finish. And, you know, that will that will evolve. All right. Just on the grounds, it's one of my personal gripes. Is, yeah. there, is there a reason you guys aren't on the Amazon uh, thing? <laughs> on, on the uh, Amazon, on on what specifically? What do you mean? Basically, I'm a Kindle. I'm a I'm a Kindle user. Oh, uh, gotcha. What aggravates me is that I see a lot of stuff going to the Apple site and the Google site, but never the Amazon site. Yeah, I mean, the, honestly, the reason is is twofold, and it kind of sucks. <laughs> but uh, one is just from a, a development resource point of view. You know, just. Very, very honestly, it's like the way we build the app. It's very easy to have it be, you know, have it go iOS and, and Google. Um, Amazon hasn't really created the same kind of tool set for bringing third party stuff to their their platform. Um, so it's an entirely different production process. And, and you know, sadly, from just a, a resources standpoint, um, it's not one that, you know, we've been able to justify supporting quite yet um but uh who knows i mean ho hopefully there will be a way to bring it to more places over time um you know we we would honestly love to uh you know kind of ultimately explore you know what is this how does this work on a on a you know kind of apple tv format or a you know kindle fire format i think some of that stuff does get really interesting to think about um but yes that's that's the sad unfortunate reason why <laughs> and just the listeners just because i'm a nice guy the tech note for the night is that you can download it the tech note for the night is that you can download the google apk and install it on the kindle which will take care of that problem ah very cool oh interesting yeah that's there you go so just pointing out that it's just it's just sort of one of those things that sort of annoys me a little bit <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think it would it would in a perfect world, Amazon would you know support the same kind of SDK so that, you know, if you're building for iOS and Google, it would just be another component of the build to put it up on there. But at this point, they don't do that. So I'm glad I'm glad you have a workaround. That's, that's, yeah, that's good for us to know as well. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was just sort of curious because the um, Kindle Fire, the Fire OS is a variation of Android. So I was just curious yeah. why. Yeah, no, it is. It is a variation of Android. My understanding, and, and I am I am not a developer, but this is what I understand from our developers, is that it's um, it uses Android as the underpinnings, um, but it's also locked off in a way where you you know you can't just take the same package and and get it up there uh, on their on their store in the same way, or at least they don't have the same accessibility that uh, both iOS and and um, Google Play does at this point. Unfortunately, so if uh, Jeff Bezos, we know you're listening. Um, can you give us that? We'll put it up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hate going the business route, but we'll see yeah. what kind of uh, 
Well, basically, what kind of split is there between Macroverse and the creators when it comes to actually putting out the product? Yeah, no, I, I love, mm-hmm. I love oh, that you've gone to route because it's one of the things that we're the most proud of. So, Adam, why don't you, I've been talking a lot. Let me give let me give the British guy a chance here. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, it's great. It's you know, it's it's fun that you get to trade off these things. But no, the we try you know, we we're very much approaching it um, as a kind of fifty fifty split between Macroverse and the creators. So, you know, you if you're a creator and you bring something to the platform, we're basically formulating our uh, payment system around uh, the it's the kind of Spotify model. So where we have a pool, you know, a, a, a creator pool of, of the revenue that comes in, which is essentially split 50-50 with the, with the company. And then that pool is divided up amongst all the different creators simply based on how many taps, how many interactions, how many readers you have um, for any one of your projects. So, you know, if there's a million taps, a million kind of page views on the app in a month, and you've a, your uh, your series is accounted for two hundred thousand of those, then you get twenty percent of the creative pool for that month, and we feel like that was the kind of fairest way that we could think of to. You know, obviously, we need to keep the doors open and we need to keep keep building the company, um, but also then really reward people for putting their work up on the app and for doing this kind of experimenting in this cool new space. Um, yeah, yeah no, trying to be as egalitarian about it as possible. Yeah, it's it's also, you know, it's it's one of the things that we heard over and over from creators and and experienced ourselves in different uh you know, working with different companies especially in the new media space. You know, we're supposed to have access to all this data and we do, but um in most cases, you know, this is a, an area that we wanted to really differentiate ourselves. Most of those companies are really kind of stingy with that information and you can sort of understand why they think they need to be. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I, to, it's one of the things we heard from a bunch of uh, other, let's say, mobile oriented comics platforms. Um, you know, so I can see that I've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of readers, but I actually have no idea what that means as far as what the value of that is. And so, you know, I've done all this hard work to put my thing up, but, you know, I, I don't understand or I don't have access to understanding you know, are they making money from this, but I'm not? Am I getting paid a certain amount, but it's actually worth 10 times that amount? Like, it's just, it's very murky. Um, and so we wanted to, you know, really create a system that created a lot of transparency around the information that we have and sharing that with creators because it's it's actionable information. I mean, we live in an area, we live in a time where more and more people are making things, you know, whether it's a, a YouTube channel or a podcast or you know, building stuff for on the web in comics or bringing it to us for Macroverse. I mean, we just live in this world where the boundaries to making things are, you know, becoming smaller and smaller and thinner and thinner. And we can go out and make stuff one way or another. But then when we do that, it's very hard to quantify, like, how do you monetize this? How do I keep doing it, essentially? Um, and there are solutions like Patreon out there, but I think, you know, direct information from the places that these things live is really important. And it's the thing that, you know, kind of, again, we built this initially for us as creators and then wanted to kind of bring a, a broader um, you know, group to it. So, you know, we if, if we were making something on here, we want to know, like, what is not only what's the readership, but what's the value of that readership? And am I getting compensated fairly for the work that I put in? And then even on the back end of that, oh, 
this month, you know, let's say my series accounted for 5% of that creator pool. What can I do to make it account for 10% next month? Mm -hmm. So, you know, can I go do more social media marketing or can I engage with people more, um, you know, on, on, uh, at, at conventions or, you know, whatever I'm already doing, it's like you have actionable information, things that you can actually do to increase the revenue that you're making as a creator. So, you know, we felt like that was really important and we felt like going this, you know, kind of Spotify model, um, it's a bit unique in this, in this space, but it really gives people a way to, you know, I think at least as we've heard from our current creator pool, it, it you know, it gives people a way to feel like I can not only see what's happening, but I'm, you know, being compensated appropriately and fairly. And then what we're, you know, our, our, we're, we're a relatively new platform, so we don't have a, a ton of data on this yet, but our, theory and our belief is that, you know, as new things hit the platform, all, all, all ships kind of rise together. So, you know, because we're not just giving you a percentage of the subscribers that particularly came in through your series, for example, which is, you know, something we've seen on other, not comics, but other mobile platforms. Instead, you're getting a cut of all the revenue because a lot of times what will happen is, you know, here's, let's say we do a, a, a new Boondock Saints series and a bunch of people come subscribe to read that series. Well, then they go read something else. So, you know, your content kept them reading. It kept them engaged. So, you know, again, there's a there's a value to that that we want to reward across the board. So we think all ships kind of rise together in this system. Um, and again, sort of allows people to be fairly and transparently compensated for the work that we're doing so it is it is an area i'm glad you brought up and it's something we feel you know really really passionate proud of yeah 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 Yeah, it's always sort of interesting to explore that just because of the various models have been presented throughout the years yeah and of course and of course the question is can the person actually translate this to an actual printed version or another platform if they wanted to are they stuck on (laughs) just on macroverse yeah, so we're we're very loosey goosey around that right now. So now's a great time for creators to <laughs> jump on board because we are a new platform. So um, you know the way our deals with creators work right now is really just a, a very simple licensing agreement. So essentially, the version of the material that goes onto Macroverse um, is exclusive to the platform, and that simply means you know we're going to do some work together, either by us doing it or working with the creator. Um, to, to again, sort of make it feel native and custom to this format. So that particular version, that particular expression of the story, um, we do ask for exclusivity around. But beyond that, do anything. Like if you want to, you know, put it on Comixology, great. If you want to do printed versions, great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we're 100% fine with that. And we honestly think, you know, the, the different ways of reaching different segments of the audience is something that more people should take advantage of. Um, and, uh, and, and in a lot of ways, we try to help facilitate. So, um, yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add? We're pretty much close. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the final thing I would say around all of this is, you know, for we, we, we ultimately kind of want to be the home, not kind of, we want to be the home for people that, you know, really want to explore the opportunities and the possibilities around storytelling in general. So, um, you know, comics being the way that we're kind of finding our way into that world with a lot of people, but we, you know, we're, we're very much thinking about, 
um, you know, how to help creators find audiences around different types of media. We're trying to create opportunities for people to, um, you know, explore and push, uh, you know, kind of their own creative limits in the best possible ways. Um, and we're also very interested in like, hey, I've got this dream thing that I've been trying to get off the ground for a long time and haven't really found the right home for it. Like we like to hear about that kind of stuff. Um, and or, you know, hey, there's this really cool thing that I, you know, a, a lot of actually I'd say a decent chunk of the material that we have, as we said, is, is adaptation. But it never really found the audience that, you know, we felt like it should have found or that the creator felt like it should have found. And that's largely because it's, you know, not come out through, through traditional channels or it got overwhelmed in the sea of Marvel DC, Walking Dead, you know, comic stores. Um, so, you know, we again, we live in this world now where the audience is out there and we can give them a, a much more accessible way to, to get a hold of that material. So, you know, if you're a creator listening and you've got one of those kinds of things, we definitely do want to hear from you. Um, and if you're a reader listening, we'd love for you to check out the app. So just to, to get into the nuts and bolts of what that is a little bit, you can download Macroverse on uh, iOS or Android. Um, it's available right now. And uh, <laughs> every, at least the first episode, in most cases, the first two to three episodes of every series uh, are free to read. Um, and then if you like a series and you want to keep reading it, then it's a $4.99 monthly subscription for access to everything. Um, so basically the cost of one printed comic to, uh, to have access to everything on the app all the time forever. Um, and, uh, we're adding new stuff all the time. So right now we've got a minimum of two episodes, uh, per month, uh, no, sorry, a minimum of two episodes <laughs> per week going up and then also launching new series at least every month. So we've got, you know, a bunch of new stuff coming up. We've got a ton of stuff in production right now. So over the course of this year, we're, we're going to be adding more and more and more material kind of fast and furiously. Um, and then as a very quick plug, just because it's coming up, the next new series to launch on Macroverse will come out not this week, but next week. And that is an incredible series called Hex 11, which is uh, another kind of darling indie property that is just absolutely beautiful. The illustration work is incredible the story is incredibly cool and the quick pitch on it is um you know what if magic was discovered as a new technology um and so it's you know this idea of like you know what if you could download uh mystical and magical abilities um and what does the world look like uh, as that starts to create a ecosystem and divides and kind of all the complications that disruptive new technologies bring to the world so it's a really interesting really cool series lots of fun characters and that will be uh, again out uh, next week so um lots of fun to be had all the way around uh we also really love feedback from people so you know we're at a point right now where the more reader feedback we get the happier we are good bad or ugly um it's very important to us that we're crafting something that you know really pe that, that people are enjoying so if you you know if you see the app and you're like oh this is really cool but i wish it did this or this um, including sound effects. Um, you know, we're very happy to hear that. And, uh, you can, you can find us and more of us, uh, all over social media at Macroverse or at Macroverse Media. Um, and we're also on the web at Macroverse.media or www.macroverse.media. 
Um, so yeah, so we're, we're super, super excited about everything we're doing. We love to hear and talk to more creators who, you know, respond to it, hear from readers who are enjoying it or not enjoying it and find out why. Um, and, <laughs> and we're just, uh, yeah, we're just, we're in kind of full, full out building, creating, you know, startup everything mode at the moment. And, uh, just, you know, want to, want to spread the word. So, um, there it is. Let's, let's, uh, have the word. <laughs> Excuse me. Adam, anything you want to add at the end there? Yeah, no, yeah. I think, it, you know, it just, was, like you say, everyone's, everything was saying what you were saying. We're in, we're in kind of growth mode and just want to talk to both, both creators and, uh, and, and fans and, and, you know, keep doing something kind of unique and cool in this space. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's just the beginning. <laughs> All right, cool. And that visually should be a wrap, guys. Thanks. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you. Awesome. So, and that was um, – here's where I normally get the names wrong. And that was Evan <laughs> Matthews and Adam Martin of the Macroverse. Yes. The big one. The, yep. the big the big, ver, the big universe. Macroverse. Yeah. <laughs> For those interested in supporting this podcast, please check us out over at patreon.com slash two sparrows. We have mini casts, a few extra tips and tricks here and there, an edited version of interviews that include all the swearing as well as a little bit longer, as well as an actual episode of this podcast that has yet to be aired anywhere else. Also check us out over at YouTube where we have curated playlists where all the various podcasts have been broken down into various different types of sections such as world building, business, marketing, writing, etc. As well as additional mini casts as well as the Alexa Brief. And definitely check us out over on Facebook. This allows you not only to comment on the various videos, but also catch up on a few other things as well. 